Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Omni Studio. Omni Studio is the most advanced on-demand audio management and publishing platform. You can find them at omnistudio.com. They're based out of Melbourne, Australia, and we'll hear from the CEO in the middle of the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Movement Sessions. I'm Bill Nowicki. Before we get started, I wanted to say that my voice is a little hoarse in this episode. I'm not doing a whole bunch of narration. That's because I went out the night before and did some karaoke, which is not something I normally do. And that's what I love about podcast movement. And I love bringing Lillian Kerbake's story to this episode. She's not a person I'd be hanging out with here in Marietta, Georgia, or even in my job as an engineer. But we do have this connection where she loves helping people and making scary things like financing real to people and helping them do their taxes and learning how to use money to get what they want and get where they want to go in life. And she's also very creative, smart, funny, and she's very real. And I love talking and spending time with you. And that kind of underscores what podcast movement's all about and what podcasting is all about and uh, bringing a bunch of diverse people together. And they have their stories and they get to tell them. And, and they also probably love, like we do, helping people. So here's my friend, Lillian Kerbake. I have Lillian Kerbake here, and she's a cat enthusiast, uh, radio host, spandex style icon, public speaker and educator. And she's the host of Oh My Dollar radio show. And she teaches people about personal finance. She's also a podcast movement 2018. Hey, yeah. Lillian. Hi. This is pretty cool, isn't it? This Don't is a cool setup. <laughs> I've never actually podcasted on like good microphones uh, from the center uh, of a hotel centrifuge. Yeah, it is totally cool. So tell me about your podcasting journey or your journey in general. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Really? I left Where in Cincinnati? Um, all over, essentially. Uh, okay. Yeah, I um, kind of grew up in the burbs initially and then we moved in and uh to hyde park and then i lived in east walnut hills um after i left my folks's house yeah and so did you stick around that area for a while i hightailed my way out of there the second i (laughs) I could it's kind of conservative i would say it is very conservative my mom actually managed political progressive political campaigns in cincinnati Uh. ohio which was uh the zip code that we moved into was the highest donator to bush's campaign outside of texas so (laughs) And yeah. uh, for people that can't see me, right, it's very obvious that maybe I did not vote right. for Bush. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't put those. Yeah, I could see that. Too. <laughs> so the um, you said something about having like forty jobs. I had. I had when you were. I counted up recently. I've had forty. I had forty jobs over the course of my twenties. Tell me about some of those jobs and what they were like for you. Like the fun jobs. Do you want yeah. to know about the, the fun, fun job? and then not so fun? Um. So some of the fun jobs. So I moved to Oregon, um, my escape plan <laughs> from the Midwest. I moved uh, to Oregon for six months, 12 years ago. So that's going great. Um, <laughs> and I moved to work at a hippie commune. So I was a vegetarian really? kitchen manager, um, like about 20 miles outside the big city of Eugene, Oregon, which is a small college town. Right. Uh, so I lived in the woods, um, lived on a tree platform in the summer and like a old broken down RV in the winter and uh, managed this conference center kitchen so essentially it was a place where like nonprofits or like meditation groups would come out right. and we would make them very bland but good for you food gotcha. um and from local ingredients and i always thought i was going to be a cook because i grew up vegetarian and in the midwest i 
didn't know other vegetarians. So I right. thought like that was a core part of my identity and I actually wanted to be a vegetarian cook. But I discovered you could actually just be a vegetarian right. and not be a professional cook. Wow. So then I also rode a bike, which not a lot of people do in the Midwest. Right. And so, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe I have to be uh, professionally into bikes because, uh. you know, that, you know, I ride a bike, I'm vegetarian. Clearly, those have to be careers. It's a very Midwestern way of thinking. Oh, okay. So maybe your parents kind of said, pick a track and find something. I think society did. Society kind of put you, you thought you were going on tracks. Maybe that would explain. Well, I already had gone so far off the track. Like, you know, I dropped out of high school. I dropped out of college um, and, you know, moved to the middle woods in Oregon. (laughs) Right. What was the, how did you get hooked up with the commune? Um, I actually found it in this book that I still highly recommend called Mm. um, The uh, Backdoor Guide to Short-Term Job and Learning Adventures. And it's Mm. just a kind of... Now you would really search on the internet, and they do have a website, I think, now, but it it used to be a book that came out every couple years that was essentially just an encyclopedia of weird short-term jobs you could do around the world. Um, So, you know, I had to apply and everything uh, to do it. but um, And I actually found quite a few um, weird gigs that I've had through that, but... The commune life, like my brother was a hippie and he took me to a few communes and they had like the best sound systems, best TVs because they all pitched in and had like a theater set up. We did not live in that kind of commune. (laughs) We lived in the poor people commune. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it just wasn't high on our list of values, right? Right. So, Well, I uh, guess you all have to have shared uh, values. Yeah, we, we did have like internet, but you had to like hike to get to it. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't. This is also, you know, before before smartphones and right. such. So. When did you start doing the dressing up and the all the... The care- dressing up? Oh, the, very young. Really? Oh, that's probably I was, true. I, I was really into dressing in historical clothing. Really? Like, even to go to school, in public school in Cincinnati, which is an excellent way to get beat up. Right. Um, but yeah, I used to, like, sew a historical wardrobe based on different periods in history. Um, Did you have a group of friends that kind of got you, or...? Uh, no, I got beat up a lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had, some, I had some, I'm some excellent people over the years that kind of grew to appreciate it but yeah it was pretty miserable in in Cincinnati just because but was it better in Eugene when you got there um Eugene Eugene is it is a college town it's a college town it's um it's pretty racist so Uh, that was hard coming from Cincinnati mm. which has its issues but it's much more diverse and Eugene had like or African-American people in it, like total. Mm. <laughs> That's like census numbers. That's not hyperbole. Right. Um, right. And so I, I definitely didn't love that part of it. But man, it's an excellent place to eat cheap, delicious granola. So I didn't know that. Well, that's good to know. The granola things lives up. But uh, yeah, eventually I moved up to Portland. Um, mm. I lived in Eugene for a little while. I was a live-in social worker. I became oh, a right. tax preparer. How did you get tax preparer? Because to me, that didn't really fit in with the, I actually, the structure and all that. I started doing it when I was in AmeriCorps. And AmeriCorps, uh, um, wh- whatever your main site of services, you can also spend up to 20% of your time doing volunteer work and count it towards your AmeriCorps hours. And uh, I had been really helped out by the volunteer tax prep done by the AARP, which is actually the largest volunteer program in the country. It's over 30,000 people that get certified in taxes to prepare taxes for low-income mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much the most radical thing that you could possibly do. It is the epitome of, of 
you know, taking money from the rich and giving it to the poor because the whole goal of the program is the er, to get as many people as possible the earned income tax credit because uh, a ton of people don't get the earned income tax credit because uh, they don't file. So they right. don't realize they're owed money back. Um, and so I loved it from like a Robin Hood perspective. Right. Um, and I've always been good with numbers. I've always loved that. And uh, so I, when I was in AmeriCorps, I trained as a tax preparer and I did taxes uh, for low-income folks. So we have a site you can drop in and get free tax prep, which still exists all over the country. Do you, do you get excitement out of really helping people and coaching them and just doing stuff for them and watching the transformational process of opening their eyes to something new or what? Yeah, I mean, I I love making things that people are convinced are going to be scary and terrible less uh. scary and terrible. And and as someone like I, I eventually went I eventually went to college. I went to school for economics and um, as someone that kind of has a affinity and it's easy for me to look at the tax code and find the fun in it which is right. not true for a lot of people mean. it's really nice to to be the person that like shows up in glitter spandex and goes like you thought that this was going to be one thing but really i've now disarmed you with the fact that right. i showed up in glitter spandex and platform boots and now that's been wiped from your mind and we can right. start because this part of the reason i got into money management is just so many of my friends were like why do you seem less stressed out about this than mm. everyone else like you're just as poor. Like you don't have, you don't make good money. Why, mm. why is this not stressful for you? And I'm like, oh well, I really prioritize savings and I budget, and um, so I kind of fell backwards into doing a lot of it. But you're helping people and you're breaking down all that stuff because, as an engineer, I have the same feeling when I, I'll notice things that other people don't notice. I know how to fix things. I know how because you get this whole foundation in science and engineering that really helps you to see the world differently and that's kind of where you're coming from it's right? it's such a rare skill set to be an engineer who understands how it works and then also mm. is good at explaining to people and i, yeah, I'm, I good at <laughs> I'm good at fixing stuff for people but i can't explain it really I have Sharon Taylor here from Omni Studios. What does Omni Studios do, Sharon? Omni Studios is an enterprise podcast host. Measurement, monetization, podcast hosting, sharing, distribution, the whole nine yards. That's what Omni does. And you have an Australian accent because you're from? New England. No, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. That's, yep, 30 hours away. If I'm a company that's thinking about doing a enterprise-type podcast, you're the guys to do it. I would hope so, yeah, for sure. When you're ready to take your audio to the next level, that's Omni Studio. You don't deal with the content, but you take care of everything downstream. Correct. We're Switzerland in terms of ads and content. So whatever you want to make and however you want to monetize it, we'll help you do that. Otherwise, we're just the tech play. So the best tech in the business. Great. Omni I think Studios. that there's a lot of value in being able to be the translator, the person right. that can go between worlds. And I, I, I think mm, in a lot of ways, yeah. the, the thing that I have kind of discovered the niche that I'm in is that I am the friendly person that artists and freelancers uh, and people ma who make their living in kind of unconventional ways that still have to deal with money. We all have to deal with money. Right. We all got to do our taxes, right? It's a certainty. I'm the person that they're like, oh, you're, you're my people. Right. And I'm able to go, yeah, okay, it's great, okay. Let's, you know, let's walk through what your write-offs are. Um, that's a great point, though. And I know, like, I remember my brother who's... I. I and when you talk about this person, it's like I can see my brother. He 
ran his own business, was massage therapist. He sold essential oils, Shackley, all this kind of stuff. And then he passed away, unfortunately, at 58. But uh, I had to do his final taxes. It's like I dove in like head first. And that was, I shouldn't say this, but I figured it out, you know, all the business stuff. And, but man, was I struggling. It's like, but you could tell his passion was doing all that stuff and not worrying it's about not it. It's not pleasant for a lot of yeah. people. Um, and, but the thing is, is that if you set up the right systems, it doesn't have to be that hard. Right. But even getting over that barrier of right. trying to figure out how to set up the systems. The first step. And if all of the resources out there for figuring it out, the person doesn't look like you, they don't talk like you, they don't, they don't feel like they come from your background, you just get overwhelmed. Um, and so, you know, that's a lot of how I ended up doing this and I enjoy it, enjoy it so much, which is why like my book has cats explaining personal finance because I'm like, I, my favorite people are not the people that came into this because they like listen to my show and they've gotten kind of into personal finance. My favorite are the people who saw the book and are like, I like cats and I should probably get my money together. <laughs> so tell me like a, a story from the book or a story that you had on your podcast that kind of illustrates what you're talking about. Of, of, as far as people or as far yeah. as cats explaining finance? <laughs> cats explaining finance. I like that whole notion. Um, so one of the things that I try to emphasize is that retirement, saving early for retirement, even if you don't make a lot of money, is... Um, is awesome. It's a really empowering feeling. And I want right. people to understand that it's empowering and it doesn't have to be this freak out circumstance where like, I'm so behind or like right. only rich people invest. And so I have a bunch of the cats from the book that walk through investment allocations and they use all their toys to walk through the investing allocations. Mm. So they have their sparkly ball and their dangly stick toy and uh, their catnip mouse. And course. they have the, um, the open topped basket, which is a Roth basket because it's a little easier to get to. You can get to it before retirement uh. age. Uh, and then the traditional is a box and the box kind of closes up after you put your things in it. Uh. And uh, so we, I just think there's a lot of different learning styles and everybody at some point needs to manage this money stuff. And if yep. one of the learning styles is best explained with cat illustrations, I'm helping those people figure oh, it out. Great. And I've had so many, I've had so many folks that have listened to the show or read the book that were like, honestly, I just got this for the cats. Like yeah. I just got this for the cats and it's been transformational. I started budgeting. I'm yeah. ahead on my taxes for the first time in my life. Like, right. you know, and it's, that is exactly what gives me the juice right. to keep going on this. So it's most people avoid it so they don't have that really bad feeling, but you're kind of taking care of it so you never even have to go through that whole process. And even if you do have the bad feeling, there's some cats to help, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, some cats. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I try to spin. I think budgeting is one of those things that people have a really negative association with the right. word. Like living on a budget means right. that you're like depriving yourself or like you're obsessed with spreadsheets. And so I know right. a lot of art. art artist types that are like, oh, there's no way I could budget because I can't use a spreadsheet. I'm like, there's so many different ways to budget. It's just having a plan for your money. And I try to get people to the point where they realize and they recognize there's, you know, I have like a complicated Venn diagram with a bunch of cat photos in it that walk you through different types of budgeting methods based on kind of your learning style. Mm. And, you know, it could be as easy as freezing credit cards in ice and you have to wait for the cards to melt before you can use them. If you're, you know, you deal with 
a lot of impulse spending or separate right. accounts. There's all sorts of variables. And I try to turn budgeting into a thing that's like make it a ritual for yourself where you've got a cat on your lap, you got a nice beverage, you do it at a time when you're feeling really calm and that uh, it becomes something you look forward to because it right. ma- gives you that feeling of control as opposed to a thing that you do because, you know, you've been told you have to do it or you're you know, freaking out about your money right. or whatever. All right. So talk, is this your first podcast movement? This is my first podcast movement. Yeah. What do you think so far? We're done with day one just for people that are listening. Um, it's, it's been pretty awesome. I, my voice might be shot before my talk Mine's because I've just shot. been talking nonstop to right. folks. There's so many interesting people here. Isn't it crazy? I, so I help co-run a podcasting studio in Portland that's in a 1960s Airstream. And so like really? I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's great. If you ever come to Portland, I want to record in a 1960s Airstream. I'll, I'll think about that. Yeah. Uh, but we, I, so I'm like, I know a lot of podcasters and I'm right. on a, I'm on a broadcast radio station. So I'm like surrounded by audio people, but I've never been surrounded by this many right. people that are into podcasts as a form. But it's such a diverse group though. You know, you meet people like me, it's not really a journalist. You meet real journalists, you meet all kinds of, you know, f- uh, Brookings people to whatever. Yeah, know? no, it's been, it's, it really shows that podcasting is just a vehicle for getting any kind of content out there. And so I find that so valuable. Like there is an audience mm. for all these different types of oh, content yeah. right. and uh, it's been awesome to Great. talk with folks. So your talk is tomorrow or today? My talk is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And what's, a pick, uh, paint a picture for people of what you're going to be wearing. <laughs> so I am, I ended up deciding because it's pretty humid in Philly. It is um, very humid. I have like 12 Bowie costumes to choose from. So when yeah. I was packing, I was like, obviously I wasn't going to bring the, you know, five foot feather wings because those are hard right. to bring on an overnight flight. But uh, I ended up going for just the very simple classic Bowie look. So I'm going to have the oh, Ziggy cool. Stardust outfit. Uh, yeah, the of course. One one leg, one arm, blue right. flame unitard, um, and uh, five-inch glitter platform boots, which I'm actually wearing right now just as part of my regular and outfit. And you're comfortable in that, giving presentations and stuff? Oh, yeah. I actually, I think that there's a lot of value in, like, the persona, right? right. So, like, walking around in it, I am I am a different, uh, I'm a different yeah, yeah. kind of, I'm Ziggy Star Budget as opposed to, you know, <laughs> Lillian cool. Bake. so... I always find that putting on a costume can help make yeah. the art. And that's what we're going to be talking about. The, the talk is about what we can learn from uh, David Bowie. And one of the things I talk about is like reinvention, but also putting a mask mm. between um, kind of the vulnerable self and the self that you put out to the world. That's fascinating. I, I, um, I interviewed a guy in Marietta where I live, and he talked about like building tribes. And he said the Grateful Dead were the, actually the first you know, brand that built a tribe and they follow him around and they create this little economy. And that's kind of what we have now with podcasting where you can build a tribe like around whatever you look like or feel like that day. And I, I think it's just such a great vehicle, like you were saying, to be able to reach people. I've, it's amazing to me that we could all just come to this a podcast movement and be able to share all our different stories and journeys and it's a lot of fun for me and I'm, it sounds like you're having fun with it too oh yeah I'm definitely having fun I'm I'm a little worried about my inbox when I get back oh, but. Right. so uh, how do people get a hold of you and what I know you have a book out you have uh, the podcast so if they want to find the podcast they can just look anywhere they look for podcasts it's right. oh my dollar 
Um, and then the book they can find on Amazon, it's called Get Your Money Together, um, an illustrated personal finance workbook. Uh, um, but you can also just go to ohmydollar.com slash book, and it'll point to all, you to all the various places. Great. If you get it directly from me, it includes stickers. Great. Yeah, well, it was a pleasure meeting and talking with you, and I've, I'm excited to uh, check you out for your talk. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Thank right. you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, if you're like me and you want to meet people like Lillian Carebay, go to Podcast Movement 2019 in Orlando, Florida. Go to podcastmovement.com and sign up today because the price goes up the closer you get to the conference. Thanks to Omni Studio, omnistudio.com for all your enterprise podcast needs. This is Bill Nowicki saying thanks to everyone for listening. Tell a couple of friends about the show and I'll see you next time for Podcast Movement Sessions. <laughs>